Standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. This is a Texas Tuesday, episode 265, on September 20th of 2022. And the highlights of today will be shipping our problems out, not addressing the issue, and complaining about certain people trying to change the culture. Here we go. All right, so as you may have been aware, and I'm sure I touched on yesterday, the state of Texas under the leadership of Greg Abbott and the state of Florida under the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis have decided that they would take and ship some of our illegal alien migrants from our states to liberal enclaves. And while it is highly entertaining... And quite frankly, the reactions are generally expected. I don't know that it's going to have the political capital that they're hoping to get out of it. I hope they're right. I hope it gives them the traction they need in the uh, press forward to the election uh, cycle here. But I can't help but thinking that while they're scoring points, there are a number of people that are being used as pawns. And I'm not going to cry about it because, quite frankly, they were used as pawns to come all the way up to the United States from wherever the country of origin was. And just because they were used again as pawns is, quite frankly, not a reason to lose sleep. But that really doesn't make us any better than the other people that were doing this. Now, I, I do appreciate the goal. I do appreciate the motivation behind it. And... Quite frankly, like I said, I I hope they're successful, but I can't help but wonder, what does that say about us? That we're basically pushing people from one area to another, treating them like cattle. And I can't think of a better analogy. I know somebody on the news called it trash, and that's definitely a low blow and probably not intended. But when you are doing such a thing, are we really doing the best we could do? I I would imagine that a good number of my people, and I would include myself in this, would be much happier if they just shut the darn border down and that we would quit the massive migration that we've been enduring for several years. But I think that ship sailed. I don't think that we can put the genie back in the bottle, as it were. And I find it somewhat amusing that the Biden administration is complaining about two governors essentially doing what the Biden administration and to a lesser extent, or maybe even a greater extent, the Obama administration had done in the past. That is, collect people up, that have come freshly across the border and really have no business being here and then pushing them off to areas so that they can upset the balance where they're going, that they can upset the people that they're going to uh, be joining. What we're doing is really not any different. So we're taking a problem, taking a percentage of it and shipping it to another state or another enclave. And again, while I kind of admire the political gamesmanship involved in this, I don't know that we're doing 
anybody a good service. I mean, it's a tit for tat, you know, kind of slap you back in the face move. And again, I appreciate the politicalness of it, but it's much like the homeless um, situation that nobody wants to deal with it. And certain segments of society wring their hands over and how terrible it is and uh, the all the humanity, but they do nothing to fix it other than take money from taxpayers to put a Band-Aid on it, which only causes more of that problem to exist. There isn't a good solution. Contrary to what some people would have you believe, there is not a good solution. There are probably a plethora of possible solutions. There are a number of things that could be done to mitigate the issue, but it's never going to fully go away. So, transitioning into the second key point, also directly related to this, is we're not addressing the issue. We haven't turned off the magnets. We haven't turned off the big neon sign that says, come here and we'll give you free stuff. In fact, we're playing right into it by sending them to liberal enclaves where they have better social services. Of course, those people are going to cash in on that. And why wouldn't they? I mean, they come to Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, and they take advantage of all the free stuff we give out. Just like all of the people that are already are here, take advantage of the free stuff we give out. When you reward bad behavior, you get more bad behavior. When you record or when you reward laziness, you get more laziness. When you reward, um, let's call it constructive. No, constructive is not the word I want to use here. Um, compliant. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to be careful how I say this. I, I don't know if I'm going to get it right here. But basically, when you reward people that follow the rules and choose not to work, or as opposed to working, you're going to get more of that. Now, that's not any one person's fault. That's not any one generation's fault. Um, I would lay that at the feet of our government schools. I would lay that... Uh, at the feet of the government programs, and I would lay that on the feet of you know good do or do gooders who think that by giving somebody something, you're going to help them be able to take care of themselves when all you're doing is teaching dependence. Now I suspect, and I've said this something similar before, that this is all by design. That they in fact want people to be dependent. They want people to not be able to take care of themselves or think for themselves, or quite frankly, be able to function on their own. They want us all to be dependent on Uncle Sam, Uncle Sugar. I myself, I gotta wonder what the end game is. I mean, I know there are people that. Talk about the great replacement theory, right? You you import enough people that are not from a given area and you can basically replace those people. You push them out. We did actually see this happen historically in Eastern Europe and in England and in, or te- te- technically it would be the island of Great Britain, right? We, we saw it play out there. We saw it play out in France. We saw it play out in North Africa, the Middle East. Asia, one group of people comes in and they push out another group of people. Oh, and by the way, we did that here once before too. And 
some would say we're not completely done with it yet, right? We came here and displaced the American Indians, the various tribes that were here. Of course, they were no more native than we are. They came from somewhere else. They, they maybe came across that land bridge that connected Asia to North America, or maybe they came across from China. Who really knows? But it's normal. People groups move. And it's only when there is a functional country with laws and rules and perhaps even a wall that they stop or mitigate that migration. I don't know that that's a permanent solution. I don't know that that's even the perfect solution. But what I do know is we're doing nothing. We're encouraging the great migration. We're encouraging the great replacement, even though I'm not entirely comfortable with all the connotations behind that. I got to admit, the people that put forth that theory have some valid points. And to dismiss them or to disregard them or call them names does not engage the reality of what they're seeing and what what they're putting forth as a theory. I don't want to dismiss those people. I avoid at all costs punching right. But sometimes I wonder if we ought to also look at the greater picture, the the entirety of time and see to some degree it's normal. But when you take a hundred million people from other parts of the world and dump them into a country that had 250 million people, What have you done? You've changed the culture. And I talked about this briefly yesterday, right? You, you, what they're doing in Moscow, Idaho, what what they're doing in some of these upstate New York towns, you know, you get a group of people to move in, they're organized and they take over, or they at least deeply impact the local politics. If you're taking a hundred million people over 10 or 20 years and popping them into a different location, you're going to change everything about that. And I think that's on purpose. But the sad thing is, is by and large, we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves because we Americans, by and large, don't want to get our hands dirty anymore. We refuse to do work that's, quote, beneath us. Okay. Somebody's going to come here and do that work. We as Americans, because we're successful, um, we choose not to have families. Okay, well, You need more people. We as Americans or European dissented people, if you will, we now celebrate not having children because we do same sex stuff or we engage in murder of children before they're preborn or we engage in not allowing that child to implant or we engage in some form of weird celibacy routine or quite frankly, We sterilize ourselves or we pretend we're a different sex. All these things are being celebrated and put forth as normal. But the net effect is it's just fulfilling the idea that we're not replacing ourselves with our own children or our grandchildren because people aren't having babies. You're creating a void. And when you have a void, something always comes in to fill it. So it shouldn't be a surprise. The idea is, to a certain degree, immigration, if you will, is good. It's to be enjoyed, and both sides benefit. 
And to be fair, one could make a good argument that if you're scraping off a certain percentage of the top 10% of the smartest or most successful people of any given culture and bringing them here, we're benefiting. But their home country loses. Their own their previous country takes a hit. I mean, yes, as uh, some goofy leftist in a video yesterday I saw said, we benefit, we get their food, their culture, their music, their this, their that. Okay, now that's fine. And honestly, when it's 3% of a population, sure, that's great. But when you get 30% of a population of people that don't bring a value add anymore, how is that better? That doesn't mean that those people are less valuable or they're 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 not just as important in God's eyes, but what benefit is it to my country or my state to have an extra couple hundred thousand people that don't want to take care of themselves, that aren't interested in taking care of themselves, that they're here to take advantage of the stupid stuff we do to pay people to stay at home. Now, you would counter argue, well, the people that are coming here, by and large, are coming to make a better life and they're willing to work. And that is true. A certain percentage of that is true. Let's even say it's 60%. So for every 10 people that we import from wherever they came, six of that 10 are good, productive citizens. What about those other four? What are we going to do about that? I don't think anybody has a good answer for that. I don't think anybody's given that any thought because we're afraid to do it because we'll be called names. We're going to be put down because we don't love our fellow man. We're not good Christians. Blah, 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 blah. But again, we're not addressing the issue. If Texas is Texas, then Texas ought to determine who gets to come to Texas. And I would suggest to you that in my world, I'm far more concerned about a bunch of people coming out of California than I am from coming over from Sonora. I'm far more concerned about a bunch of people coming out of Chicago than, I don't know, anywhere south of Texas. How about that? I'm far more concerned about a few dozen Karens out of Martha's Vineyard coming to Texas than I am a couple hundred people coming from, I don't know, Peru. I, I would even go so far as to say that it would probably be highly desirable to have a thousand people come from Chihuahua, Monterey, or Guadalajara than to come from New Jersey. So you, so clearly you can see where my mind is at. I, I don't necessarily care what their lineage is or who their parents are. I care about what they're doing when they come here. I'm caring more about what they're going to bring with them. And I would much rather deal with that than a bunch of people from New Jersey. So not addressing the issue. So that brings me to complaining or changing the culture. So what I've been doing is laying out the problem. I freely admit 
I don't have the solution for it. I don't think any one person has a solution because I don't believe it's a one size fits all solution. I believe there are many different things that we could be trying or attempting to find the best situation for each person involved. But quite frankly, when you're importing 2 million people in a year and a half's time, it's really difficult to wrap your head around that. And what are you going to do to help these people? I mean, granted, if you're Martha's Vineyard and you get 50 people to show up and you have to deal with them for two days, well, that's no big deal. That's no skin off your back. But when you're a little border town in uh, southwest Texas and you were getting a couple hundred thousand people coming through every couple of days, that's a problem. That's a Well, maybe it's every couple months. Okay, let's not get too hyperbolic here. But it's a problem that you don't know how to deal with. So I could complain. And I think this is something worth complaining about. Governor Abbott, why don't you address this? Governor Abbott, what is your solution? Yeah, it's all well and good that you took a small percentage of them, sent them over to some liberal enclave, but we have all these people here. We need to figure out what's best. What's best for Texas first and foremost, because after all, this is a Texas Tuesday, but secondarily, there are really human people here that have needs that need to be addressed. Now, maybe they were brought here under false Uh, pretext. Maybe there are people that are here for bad reasons. I'll grant all that is true, but we can deal with this on a case by case basis. We can invest the time and effort to do it. But in order to do that, you have to have the facilities. You have to have the time. You have to have the manpower. And as far as I could tell, we really aren't there yet. We refuse to do what really needs to be done. And again, I don't know what that is. I freely admit that. There's more than one thing that could and should be done here, but as far as I can tell, we're doing nothing other than political games, which again, don't hate the political game, but I want the underlying issue dealt with, and we're not doing that. So rather than complain, rather than you know calling up the governor and say he's terrible, why aren't you doing this, Why rather than going and voting for the other guy thinking that he's going to do anything better, which he won't, he'll do far worse, I'm sure of it. Rather than beating up the lieutenant governor for not, I don't know, calling for a special session and addressing this. Rather than pooping all over the uh, chairman, the chairman of the house, right? The speaker of the house, excuse me. <laughs> the chairman of the house is the speaker of the house, sorry. But rather than dump it on him like it's his fault, which in part it is. We need to think about what do we need to do to fix this? Well, the simplest solution is on the demand side, right? These people are the supply, we're the demand. We hear this argument all the time when it comes to drugs, right? Well, if you want drugs, people are going to get those drugs for you and get them to you. If you want your cocaine or your caffeine, you're going to get it. That's all well and true. doesn't matter if it's illegal or legal. You're going to get what you want if there's a market for it. So if you change the culture, if you take away that market, you disincentivize that behavior. You disincentivize the migration. So how are some of the ways we could do that? Well, yes, the wall. Everybody thinks the wall is going to fix everything. Well, the wall is... Maybe a piece of that puzzle, but the wall in and of itself isn't going to do the job. 
So the first thing that I would do in my, if I was made governor emperor for three weeks, because I think that's how long it would be to get rid enough of the bureaucracy to actually get some of the things done that I would talk about, but it might be three months, who knows. But if I was made emperor governor, and these are the things I would start with, yes, we're going to finish our wall with ports of entry. And everybody that wants to come here is going to check in, is going to wait for a background check, is going to get their clearances, and if they don't, they stay where they're at. And until that happens, they stay where they're at. So now we're going to encourage Mexico to do their part of the equation. Who's coming into your country, whether they're your people or from further south or east or west, coming to your country to come up here? We're going to require them to assist us in just finding out who these people are. Next thing, uh, when you come here, there are no free social services. We can't even afford the people that we have here that want to, you know, suckle on the government teat. We're sure as heck not going to be importing a couple million more people to do that for us. No, it's shut off. You have to be here a minimum of five years before you're eligible for anything. Now, let me put the proviso in because I can hear it all right now. Yes, emergency emergency medical services are available for everybody at all times because that's just the right thing to do. And if they're a national of Honduras or Guatemala or Mexico or Brazil, their countries get that bill. Now, those countries are probably not going to pay for it, but we, the American people, shouldn't be paying for it either. It'll probably be written off. Or we could set up clinics, right? Hey, you come here and the United States will just take that out of the money we're going to give that country anyway. Because God knows we give enough money to all these other countries. We're just going to take that off the top. Well, we treated uh, 10,000 of your citizens this year. We spent uh, an average of $9,000 per citizen. So we're going to just take that $9 million off or $90 million mind went blank as to where how many zeros that is we're going to just take that off the top of whatever money we're giving you this time around because quite frankly i'm tired of sending our money overseas in the first place the other thing we're going to do we're going to end birthright citizenship it never should have existed in the first place it has no business existing and just because scotus issued an opinion where they thought that that was the criteria being laid out in the 13th amendment or the 14th amendment that doesn't hold water. Doesn't hold water. The 13th Amendment dealt with people that were already here. Most of them were previously here involuntarily. Yes. And they they were finally given their liberty. They were finally set free And as a free individual, they are now a citizen, a U.S. citizen. And it was indeed Amendment 14. My apologies. Uh, 13 is what ended slavery. 14th is where they dreamed up all the extra stuff coming out of it. So in any case, the 14th Amendment, they, they extrapolated that somehow if you were on tour here and you dropped your kid, that the kid's automatically a citizen. But... Neither parent's a citizen. You're visiting, so you're not under U.S. jurisdiction. 
except for as a visitor. You're there as another citizen. We need to end this nonsense right now. Take that away. That solves a large part of the problem. That'll end your train migration. That'll end so many other travesties of justice that occur. And it's not hating on anybody because, hey, the Chinese are really good at doing that right now, too. And again, why would you blame them? You come here, you get to be a citizen, you get all this free stuff. We encourage this. But again, we're talking about changing the culture. So I, I'm going to wrap it up. I, th- I think I've touched base on this. Um, I will probably revisit the culture, the Christian culture, now, um, either Wednesday or Thursday. Because I've touched on it twice now, uh, in episode 264 and 265. And I, and I know I've mentioned it in the past. But I think it's important that we understand what's legitimate Christian culture that does not conflict with the Constitution and what is maybe a step too far. And I think a lot of people are really worried whether or not it's legitimately or not, but they're really worried about that step too far. And historically, there's good reason to be worried about the step too far, but whether or not we're there yet still remains to be seen. With that, this was a Texas Tuesday. And the reason why it's a Texas Tuesday, because everything I talked about is applicable to Texas, whether it stays a state in the union or goes independent. Texas is going to come up with its own solutions to solve the problems that have been vexing us for some time. This was episode 265. And until tomorrow, I will see you on the other side.